from time to time we get these uh, testimonials that come in from our friends at home title lock um We've always called them horror stories here. Uh, one came in and said, I heard you warn listeners about home title theft, but I didn't think we'd be victims until we got a bank notice claiming that we defaulted on home loans uh, we, that we didn't actually take out. Some thief found our title online and forged our signatures stating he was the owner. Then he borrowed against our home and stuck us with the payments. Our identity theft protection didn't stop it. The bank said it's our problem. That's so nice of them. And insurance didn't cover it either. We spent thousands trying to get our home back. If you're like me and you don't like when people take your stuff, then you're going to love Home Title Lock because for pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title and mortgage. Home title fraud is one of the fastest growing crimes in America, uh, and it's really profitable. I'm thinking about going into business uh, in it if, uh, if this doesn't work out because uh, I've already got the fake notary from the former FBI agent that was in here, so I can totally pull it off. Uh, HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. If you register your home, you'll learn to see if your title has already been stolen. And if you register your home now, you'll get this free title scan and report. It's a $100 value, free when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. It's tax week. You're probably already thinking about how you don't like when people take things that you've earned. Home title fraud is a really expensive example of this. You don't want to be a victim of it because once it happens to you, it's almost impossible to unwind. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now and protect yourself for the future. HomeTitleLock.com. Hi, uh, you may notice I'm not Glenn Beck. Uh, I am Sarah Gonzalez. Glenn is out today. So we are doing an hour-long special, The News and Why It Matters, dissecting the Mueller report. Uh, joined with me today, special guest, very special guest. Really, I don't even think I, sh I need to say his name because he's <laughs> so famous. Mr. Jesse Kelly, uh, yeah. radio host Jesse yeah. Kelly. I wish it was Glenn Beck, but we'll... Well, <laughs> well I actually, he said that he was sick but I, I heard that he knew, he found out that you were coming, and no. he just decided to. Well, he didn't want to live in my shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, because you're like 12 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, obviously, everyone's top story is the Mueller report. And I just have to add, it was, it was a day. I don't know if you guys see who are watching, you see this giant stack of papers, but, uh, you know, Glenn's out, so we decided that we needed some uh, drinks to get us through this day. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Um, so, Stu, mm -hmm. you've got the report right in front of you. I do. Actually, my top story was there's, uh, Blue Jays played a day game today. I wanted to go over some of the details mm -hmm. of that, but That's not... we, can do, we can do the Mueller report first if you'd like. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think we should start with maybe the, the sort of headline, mm -hmm. sort of big takes from it. Summary. There's a, there, summary. There, yeah. There's a part one and a part two. Yes. I've broken them into part one and part two. We spent uh, the good majority of the time in between the end of the radio show and uh, this show uh, reading it. It is legalistic and boring, and you should be happy that you have a different kind of job today. <laughs> but even, I would say, even in the legalese, I found some interesting things. Oh, yeah. So, like, because I remember the, the, the whole argument over its collusion, that's not even against the law, technically. Mm -hmm. And they actually clarify that. And yep. they say, like, we, we, we took the, basically, uh, conspiracy as synonymous with collusion in this. Mm -hmm. So when they were actually pursuing any kind of, you know, criminal case, it was on the basis of conspiracy and not collusion. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. Jesse, I noticed before we get into this, we all have, like, stacks of papers in front of you. You don't. You don't have any material. You do. I notice it looks like you guys have done a lot of reading today. <laughs> that doesn't look like any fun at all. So what I decided to do was not read any of it and then piggyback off of your knowledge and pretend <laughs> like I did the reading. So what I'll do is watch you guys do and then I'll do a quick roundup with a snippy little line like I was in charge all along, mm. really keeping the focus on me with minimal effort. <laughs> That's uh, less convincing when you announce the entire strategy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so we're gonna get a lot of like Schwarzenegger, like '80s action films, one-liners. <laughs> so as far as conclusions, okay, conclusions. Part one, right here. Yes. Uh, collusion is absolutely nothing. They did not no, find anything yeah. from anyone. They could not find evidence. Now, there's bits and pieces here. We've talked a little bit about this on the radio show today. And I just want to say, can I clarify, mm -hmm. no collusion with no American Yeah, that which citizen. is, I think, the not most encouraging Trump. thing in the yes. report. I mean, if we can take anything positive about it, they said they could not find any evidence of anyone in the Trump administration, anyone in the Trump campaign, none of his family members. In fact, no American willingly colluded with, uh, with Russia to influence our elections. Yay! We passed a really low hurdle, but like, I'm, I'm happy that we, you know, if they were trying to, they were trying, and they did find that as well. So they were trying, and they couldn't find any willing partners. A positive thing for the United States, and I'm glad we, we know that. Um, you know, 
I think that's going to be now tossed aside. You'll never hear the word collusion again because, of course, they couldn't find any. So that part's this whole thing just kind of goes in the trash, I think. Um, now, remember, this whole thing cost $22.5 million, so it's throwing more than you know, $11 million in the trash, which is not usually what you want to do. Um, I mean, you know, the government will, is really good at it. Though. Yeah, they are. They are. It's, it's still like, if you haven't read it, if you have the time, uh, and if you, if, you, if you just love pain, I would say to read it anyway, because there are some interesting things in there. Like, they really went into detail. Like, I didn't know that the Russian, the GRU, had set up a, and they redacted the city name, but in Arizona, they actually had, like, an office with a computer that they were running this, like, malware off of, wow. which I had never heard in any of the other indictments before. That's, like, crazy. I noticed that as well. <laughs> no, no, but to, to your point, real quick, I think you have a lot more faith in Democrats and the media than than you probably should. As mm. far as never hearing the word collusion again, I mean, let's understand where they're at here. They had a long-term relationship with the Mueller report. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It now turned to nothing. Just because she's wearing flats doesn't mean the relationship is over immediately. <laughs> yes. They're, it's going to take time. They're, they're, they, you can't just break that off. They have invested two years of this. And you can argue that's a mistake, which I think it is, because that should have been two years messaging to the Rust Belt they need to win the next election. But they're not just going to let this go. And yeah. Now all the, all the nefarious stuff is hidden under the redactions. And even once yeah. those are revealed, then, well, I'm sure there's more that Mueller missed. It's yeah. going to be that. And, even, and not even in the redactions. Like, it's still, there's, there's still a lot of things that... I, I think that they'll they'll harp on. There's tons of yeah. things in this. Like just for in, instance, in the, in the uh, part one, mm-hmm. volume one. Yeah, volume yeah. One. That it'll but so it'll be reversed. So do yeah. you still think they're going to talk about collusion? Oh, I t- yeah, that? I totally agree with Jessica. Really? I, I don't think they'll stop because there's there's parts in it that just that sound guilty, but they couldn't come up with a you know a, a plausible like beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, we'll nail him on this. So they just said uh, he's he's innocent. Yeah, which is kind of how the legal system works. But um, like the one, there's the relationship. They go through all the contacts from everybody in the in the in the campaign with any kind of Russian, and most of them are ridiculous, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're like Russian banks that might have sanctions on them, might not. But we're reaching out to a friend of a friend that might know Jared Kushner, like literally. That's like one of them, and was like, hey, uh, we're looking at improved relations. Well, no kidding. That probably happens in every single transition administration coming in. Right. So it's in a big nothing. Burger. But there are some weirdness, like Eric Prince, the guy, the Blackwater guy, he uh, he met in Seychelles. Remember that? The, like the, the media did a big thing on that for what, a week, which felt like a month long. But um, they, so they highlighted on that, and that it sounded very benign. What was going on there? Again, it was a, a Russian that was trying to improve relations and open up lines of communication, but. Eric Prince's uh, uh, account of it didn't match what he apparently told uh, Steve Bannon about it. So then the, the Mueller investi- uh, special counsel office was like, well, what's going on here? Well, at the same time this was going on, he, uh, Eric Prince was texting Steve Bannon. And they won't say what was in those text messages. They, they can tell they were sent, but they can't tell because they were using encryption, uh, either uh, they were using an encryption app and everything was wiped off those. So it says, at the, I think it was at the end of volume one, that we didn't find any you know, collusion, conspiracy, anything with any American, but... If it ever comes to light, or if we ever, some of these, uh, we do know people destroyed evidence, or didn't say evidence, but people destroyed text messages and deleted them or used encryption ads. If those ever come to light, that could change. Mm-hmm. So little things like that is going to get nailed yeah, repeati- uh, repeatedly. Of course. I mean, look, you know, you mentioned the long-term relationship they have. If you, you, know, you date someone because they're both good-looking and have a good personality, when the looks go, you hang on to the personality, right? I'm not saying that there's nothing there. They're going to keep saying the Democrats are going to say this over and over and over again, and the media will do exactly what you're talking about, Jason. They'll, they'll exploit this. I think, though, they have a lot more meat in part two, and I think that's where their focus is going to be. I mean, because you, you could, there's a lot there in part two, and, and there's a lot. Like, I would say that, you know, the initial sort of pitch on this was they didn't have enough to, uh, to come up with criminal charges. And, like, that's not exactly the way these things are worded in here. I mean, it really, like, some of them, they kind of do say they have enough, but they, you have to kind of see it from a, you have to zoom out and say, okay, well, if you look at all of this together, we're not going to piece this together, but it would make sense if you wanted to charge them, essentially talking to the Department of Justice. Um, <laughs> I just, so the, the volume two, where it, just, it, was, it was funny to me, I was laughing through part of this, yeah. because they were using some funny words, like unusual, like a direct quote. 
um, not a typical obstruction case. <laughs> and they laid out like four things where you could tell that the person typing this and the investigators were just frustrated. Like, yeah. what the heck do we do with this? Yeah. Um, they listed out four things that said this is what made this difficult. They said that firing Comey, Comey is ultimately the president's lawful right. Mm-hmm. So they were like, he didn't do anything wrong, really. And they also said that um, even if you fired Comey, that didn't stop the investigation. And there was nothing he was doing there that wasn't, he wasn't just yelling out in public. You know, he's like, it wasn't like, a, like in a side room, like a whisper, like, hey, I'm going to fire Comey. You know, um, so there was, the, there was his lawful right. And then they said uh, that the special counsel found him innocent of any crime. So the intent was always muddied. So at the end of every single thing that they were tracking, at the end of it was the intent, like, well, in the end, he wasn't, he didn't do the things. You yeah. Know? Right. Well, that was right. one of the more important, uh, interesting things on the, on the obstruction. There's three steps they had to clear. There's three hurdles they have to clear to get an obstruction idea. And most of them, they would get one of the three or two of the three, yeah. but it never really got to three of the three in a convincing manner. Because um, it was also, it was not only doing the thing and having the intent, but that had to lead to a, an official sort of process in this. They were trying to stop specifics. Um, I... I I mean, and I know, Jesse, you're probably going to go in, in a lot of depth here uh, on, this, on this analysis. Oh, well, I'm gearing up for it. Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they really, they, it was interesting to see there's a lot of tidbits in here that build on kind of stories that we've heard. And when we talked about this as they're going in, they kind of announced this as like basically a top ten list of ten episodes that could potentially point to obstruction of justice. And it really winds up being the hits. It's all the stuff that we've heard about before. It's all the meetings that we've heard about before. It's all the incidents that we've heard about before. There wasn't much in here. I mean, there was more focus on the um, Trump calling um, McGahn and, and trying to get him to, to end this. Uh, and McGahn was like, I'm not going to fire this guy. I'm not going to correct these reports. He kept standing up to Trump, and Trump uh, did not seem to be a fan of that particular approach. Which he typically is not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm totally confused by what I'm hearing here, though, because this sounds like $22 million, mm-hmm. the full power of the federal government investigating somebody, you came up with nothing concrete, a bunch of halfways or could-bes or this text message mm-hmm. got deleted. To be honest, I don't think I could stand up to, do, to a $22 million federal government investigation into my yeah. life and come out that scot clean. I mean, <laughs> I'm not here to act like Trump is the Pope and Jesus Christ rolled up into one, but he sounds like an extremely innocent person at this yeah. point in time. He sounds like the most innocent man in America. If you can go through that mm-hmm. and know how all the investigations started with Comey and the FISA warrants, which we still don't know exactly how those were obtained, in a court where 90% of the FISA warrants were approved. Brennan running what sounds like an op. It sounds like Brennan's running an op. Now, if the CIA director is running an op on American soil, that's a whole different story. We have Lisa Page testifying under oath that she was directed by the DOJ at the same time all this is going on not to investigate Hillary Clinton. This all sounds like Trump is extremely innocent and got screwed to me. Lawyers, am I, am I crazier? Um, I, uh, he, I would say a lot of it. I mean, I, I think he did try. I would say my summary of all this is, uh, to your point, he did not try to, to change people's opinions to influence these investigations because he was trying to hide a crime. He, was, he did not do anything to hide. Sounds like uh, he was trying to end the investigation. He was trying to end the investigation, and he did things that... You could argue maybe he shouldn't have done as president of the United States, uh, make public statements to potentially intimidate witnesses and make calls threatening people over these types of things. But I think the reality of it is Donald Trump is so focused on media perception and what is going on in that moment. He's a guy of the moment. And he's in the middle of this moment, and people are attacking him from every angle. And he's just like, look, like, stop this. Stop this part. This part's ridiculous. I know I didn't do these things. Get this guy out of there. And, like, it's a very human reaction to these things, I think. Yeah, so the worst thing we can say is he wanted the investigation to end. Right. right. I would, too. Everybody would I want don't that, know anyone right? who wouldn't want yeah. that. Every single one of the points where the, what they were running down the obstruction, that was there were, a, a fact of that was always in there. Like that this was the, more like it was going to look poli- bad politically for him. Yeah. And or, it was going to yeah. stop him from getting things done. In fact, I have not. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. I, last yeah, last real word. Quick. <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at the media at all today, but the one thing that I did see on Twitter was there. Everyone's floating this one quote. And it was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm 
expletive. Yeah. That's all they put. Mm-hmm. Now, the very next line is what they should have read if they were honest, but the very next line was, quote, everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything. It's got nothing to that's, do with him being caught doing that, something. He's just but like, that's the way they made it yes, look. Of course. The Completely changes it. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that the media spun something? <laughs> yeah, I, I just figured this out. This that, is crazy. Okay, Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> The economy's been really strong uh, lately. There's some signs of, of worry here and there, um, but some good news. Housing inventory finally seems to be kind of turning around from where it was. Last uh, data that came out, home inventory has increased for the last three months, meaning you have more options to consider when buying your next home. Plus, the Fed just indicated a more measured approach to rate increases. That's a positive. Uh, get started now with a free mortgage pre-qualification from the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. I've worked with American Financing before. They didn't really want to work with me, but they accepted the call. American Financing works for you. They're not going to work for the banks. They're not trying to sell you a mortgage because that's not what a mortgage is. It's not a gift. It's a it's a contract to borrow money, and it's an important thing you have to really decide and, and, and do on a sober basis, not when you're drinking beer. Uh, they work for you, and American Financing has industry low rates, fast closings, custom loans. They're great. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Make the 10-minute call to American Financing today. All right, I know uh, I am constantly telling you guys about losing weight and um, how a product called Ridizone has worked for me to maintain my weight loss by helping boost my metabolism and reduce my appetite. And you guys are like, okay, Sarah, we're kind of tired of hearing you say that, whatever. Okay, well, you don't have to take my word for it anymore. Listen to what Diane has to say about her experience with Ridizone. Riduzone has helped me be able to keep it off. It's just helped me manage the cravings and I just don't feel hungry. As often, I eat naturally eat smaller meals. I heard about Riduzone on The Blaze and I trust them, I trust the people on The Blaze, so when I, I heard the ad, I said, okay, I'll try it. And I ordered it and it, it, it truly is remarkable. It helped me lose the weight, keep it off, and I just love it. I'll never be without it now. See, Diane, trust me. There are seriously so many of you out there who have written in and shared your success stories with us. It is not just me. Ridizone works. And it's also all natural. It's not just like a bunch of chemicals and caffeine that just gives you the jitters all day. It's just the molecule in olive oil called OEA, uh, which boosts your metabolism and reduces your appetite. Summer is around the corner. Go to riduzone.com. Use promo code THEBLAZE and get 30% off right now. All right, Stu, what are the, uh, some of the other conclusions that can be drawn from yeah, this? Let me give you this one. And again, the conclusion on, this is the conclusion from the Mueller report on obstruction of justice. Did you just steal you just Sarah's? stole my, my beer. <laughs> she's going to nurse it. Well, it's a fair. It's a fair point. And she's got wine in her, in her mug. So I okay, I'm the host. I get to double fist. <laughs> uh, this is the conclusion. And this kind of had some of this in the initial uh, letter. But it says, uh, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Mm -hmm. Based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, we were unable to reach that judgment. Accordingly, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. I mean, like, again, that's a tough standard because, but I mean, what is the point of this? The point is not to get like little salacious quotes or texts. The point is, did the guy, did they commit crimes? And his answer here is we did not have enough to do that. Isn't that un-American? That's the anti-American standard. Well, he's not guilty, but we can't say for sure that he's innocent. That is the no, opposite. it's your job to say guilty or I am innocent. You don't get to do like a mean girls thing on the way out the door and be like, well, his breasts stunk anyway. <laughs> you can't do that. It's a different double say- standard between the, the first volume and the second volume. Because in the first volume, they said that we couldn't figure this out. So therefore, he is innocent. Like no American was involved in this. And the second one, it was like we couldn't prove without a shadow of a doubt, which I think they said in the volume one as well. We couldn't prove without a shadow of a doubt, but we still can't exonerate him. That makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me as if you read in the full context of the report, I think what they're saying is this, you know, part one, collusion. No, he didn't do it. Like, he didn't do it. We can't, no one can completely ever rule anything out, right? But he didn't do it, and we got nothing. You know, we're not even close to, to, to getting him here. 
on the obstruction of justice, he did things to influence an ongoing investigation. We all know he did. He did them on Twitter. Right. Right? Like We all know he did. Of course he wanted to. He Did he want the investigation to go away? Yes, of course he did. Well, probably because yeah. he didn't do anything. Right, and he didn't do anything. <laughs> so is, is that going to make uh, someone who's doing an FBI investigation or a legal investigation comfortable? Well, no. I mean, like, there were things in here that I think ideally uh, the president is not involved in, but Again, I think any president will be doing things, maybe not on Twitter, uh, but again, the fact that he did them publicly, I think, actually helps him in some of these Don't cases. Don't you think this thing stinks? I mean, this, this I find this to be just stunning. The whole I find that last part to be the most disturbing part of the whole thing. We investigated this specific crime, and he didn't do it. But along the way on our two-year investigation, he did some things that made us unhappy while we were investigating said crime. You don't just get to shoot an arrow and paint a bullseye around it after the fact. Obstruction? Get out of here with obstruction. Did he do the crime or not? He I, wanted yeah. the investigation. I, I, would, I would almost even say, to, to your point, Jesse, I would almost even say, to me, that shows that there's no way Mueller was biased towards Trump that we'll get into the, the left's reaction. But a lot of them are saying, you know, that he um, well, he was biased towards Trump and that's why he didn't find, you know, obstruction here. No, I would say his addition of that last sentence, he knew what that would do. Yeah. Right? He knew absolutely without a doubt that that adding that he didn't have to add that part in. Such a petty little throwaway line. And you know what just, it's going to do? Just to cause I'll tell emotion you what it's going it. to do. It's going to invite an impeachment challenge by the radical nutters uh, uh, in the Democrat caucus of the House. And I'm, I'm talking about the freshmen, the crazies. They're going to try to bring impeachment because of that little line. And it's going to let Trump get reelected by even more than he would yeah. have before. No. You watch. That's a cake party they have already been invited to. They're going anyway, <laughs> whether they're invited or not. I mean, they all want that. Uh, I, I personally think they're just confused. I, I think that they were just completely dumbfounded on how to work this thing. And if you read through every single one of the things they were looking at, they're like, yeah, well, this looked really bad. But then this happened. Then this happened, and but in, but no in crime was committed. But in the conclusion, though, in the conclusion, I feel like, I mean, okay, full disclosure, I'm not a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the conclusion, you you would have, in conclusion, he, we did not find that this met the threshold of, you know, obstruction of justice, and leave it at that. Not add in the, you know... Well, I mean, we can't really exonerate. We're not saying he's fully exonerated. We're just yeah. saying we I, didn't I, find I, anything. I think they, they were legitimately uncomfortable with some of the things he did. And, I, you know, that's, uh, but it didn't rise to the level of a crime. And we Why are you defending more? Uh, because he's my brother. Um, no, I, I, we talked about this before. I think, like, people were legitimately uh, confused by Trump because he would say things like, I have no business in Russia. I have nothing going, going on yeah. in Russia right now. And then like they come out later and they say, well, he did have something going on in Russia. Uh, he had a letter of intent about this Mos- Moscow tower. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why would he lie about that? And so the media says to themselves, it's because he's working with the Russians. He's trying to hide a Russian thing. They are t- he's working with the Russians. He's basically a Russian spy. It's the only way someone would, would lie about that. And I think it's a totally different view. We talked about with Bill O'Reilly this, uh, this last week. He's writing a book about Trump. He's on tomorrow's radio program, by the way, if you want to check that out. But Bill, he's like, you have to understand Trump is that his, his approach to these things is completely transactional. Mm-hmm. Like he is in this moment. There's something going on. And he's very focused on how the press is going to talk about this tomorrow. So the fact is that in that moment, he thought, that people talking about a Russian tower that he was working on was not a good thing for him. So in that moment, he said, no, I had no business. And you know what? It didn't come out till after he was the president of the United States. There's some rationality to that approach. Um, but it does not mean that this guy's working against the country. It does not mean he was trying to hide some crime. It means he really is focused on his media perception. He works hard uh, in the media all the time. He's constantly fighting back. You can see how he's on offense today with this stuff. And that's kind of how he views these interactions. They're, they're not some uh, giant grand plot that he's developed over centuries. It is something that he's just like, look, I'm getting, the, I'm getting attacked. It's unfair. I know I didn't do these things. So I'm just going after it. And you know what? I'll say what I have to say to get through this moment, and then we'll deal with it later. If there is one person who, you know, I can believe just lies just to lie, it would be Trump. Right? Like, <laughs> I think he, I think he like, finds it entertaining yeah, at times. Like he, just, he, just, yeah. There's, there's you know? really nothing behind it. Yeah. He's not doing it for any sort of, like, ulterior motive. He's just going to say it because he feels like saying it. One of the things that's, that cracked me up in this, and you were, you were talking about uh, the White House Counsel McGunn earlier, mm-hmm. um, but there was, like, so many times where I think that if, he did, if the, tr- uh, the president's staff didn't correct him on certain things, 
they <laughs> might have had a collusion. Uh, I'm sorry, a uh, uh, obstruction, obstruction case. Like it would have just fur- maybe further yeah, tipped right. them over to say it. Like like when uh, the the president uh, asked uh, Sessions to recu- or to um, to resign. So Sessions ended up submitting his letter of uh, resignation, but then Trump got to with his uh, advisors, and then he ultimately didn't sign the letter of resignation, and it went away. Uh, the McGun thing, he uh, he, he called uh, he, he uh, called the DOJ to have uh, Mueller removed, but McGun just refused. Said, "Nope, not going to do it." Well, thank goodness because that saved another political firestorm. Um, not too long later, well, after and the, I will say, as the president, didn't he still have the authority to do that? And he still chose not to, right? Well, McGon didn't. He was going to resign if he didn't do it. Yeah, he called it up. Sarah, please don't interrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, This this one was 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 kind of cracked me up. So after the investigation's already going down, Lewandowski uh, he calls Lewandowski into the Oval Office and says, "I want you to tell Jeff Sessions just dictate this word for word. Tell him that I want to change the scope of the special counsel's investigation and change it to where it's only investigating like future elections, mm-hmm. so, you know, involvement in future investigations, not this one, this past one, but just in future ones. So Lewandowski's like, uh, I'm going to pass this on to who do you want uh, to Rick Dearborn. I'm going to pass this on to Rick. So Rick is looking at this, you can imagine, going, I don't want to do this. Like, what paper? What dictated paper? Literally, it went like that. And he just didn't do it. And so Mueller continues with the investigation. But politically, that would have been a disaster. And that would have been a big strike in this investigation. But luckily, it didn't happen. So it, two cases. it turns out Trump does know the best people. There we go. <laughs> All right, back <laughs> That was amazing. I was like, All right, I want to remind those of you tuning in to Glenn that we are going to continue this conversation on the news and why it matters, which starts right after this program. So make sure to tune in. I mean, this is 400 and something pages. We can't get through it in 30 minutes. We need a lot longer to do that. We're also going to get into uh, the media reactions to the bar press conference and to the report. I'm just saying... Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing. Well, let's be clear about something. You can't get through that in 30 minutes. I found it to be remarkably easy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Huh. I can't wait to hear your analysis. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm going to give the ins and the outs. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 The subsections and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're Look, I went subsections. to community college, okay. so I'm, I'm not like I don't know how to break down legal docs. Tune in next. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, If you did not catch Glenn's 30-minute program right before the show, make sure that you catch it. We're actually doing an hour-long special on the Mueller report. Um, So you don't want to miss our first, the first 30 minutes of analysis that we have here. Uh, We are still joined by special guest Jesse Kelly. Uh, Security has not gotten here yet to escort him out of the building. (laughs) I have a nose itch. (laughs) <laughs> I'm fine. He's still here for some reason. Uh, but uh, we're going to get back into the Mueller report. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, so I heard from American Financing the other day, and they were like, listen, Sarah, we really like your new tagline of American Financing, smart enough not to do business with Stu. Mm-hmm. We're running with it. We think we're going to put it, we're going to plaster it everywhere. I mean, it's hurtful. I think that's what you're going for. But yeah. yes, it does hurt. Um, uh, yeah, no, I actually did work with them when I was buying my house. And we went through and looked at like, I think we looked at 10 or 12 different mortgage companies to go with. Uh, and American Financing was right up there, had one of the best offers. And I went to them and I said, here's the offers I'm looking at. And here's kind of what I'm trying to do, which is, uh, you know, it's basically the, the type of loan that caused the financial crisis was what I was trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the way I roll. This is America. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, and they're like, well, we don't do that because we're not insane, but you should take that if you could find it. They actually talked me out of doing business with them to take a different uh, company. I don't know if I should take that as a personal slight, <laughs> but I think it was them being responsible. And, you know, they're salary-based, so they don't care about every little commission. They didn't need to talk me into a loan. They just just dealt with me as a human being and said, Here's, here are your priorities. We think this is the best option for you. Uh, so they were fantastic to deal with. They were able to kind of walk you through all the legalistic. I mean, we're not all Jesse Kelly. We don't, we don't know how to read all the legalism, That's legalistic true. talk. I mean, we can't, we can't deal with Look, that. I, I have four or five different law degrees yeah. from community college. Really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so see, there we I go. have almost three years of credit, so I just piled on the degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I would highly recommend American You Financing. can go to uh, AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. 
All right, I want to jump back into the analysis of the uh, the Mueller report. And in case you were not watching and you got to go back and watch the first 30 minutes, um, we talked about the part one was just there's no collusion. There's no question about it. There were no, you know, unanswered possibly, maybe. There was absolutely no collusion. Now we're stuck on the obstruction. There was a little bit of murkiness there. Yeah, let me, let me pull out a couple of uh, highlights that are, I thought, mildly interesting, at least. Uh, can we do page 27 and 28? Do we have all these? I absolutely. Hope. Okay, <laughs> now, as Jesse, of course, will remember. Those are the pages I was going to pull out. Oh, well. really? Were you going to go to footnote 112 as well? Of course. Ah, jeez. Okay, well, we're on the same page, at least. That's good. Uh, Comey's, this is uh, talking about, remember the whole BuzzFeed thing, when BuzzFeed released this dossier, and, you know, it has stuff about, like, you know, the president is with prostitutes in Moscow and all these other things. Peeing um, on them. I peeing believe. on them, yes. And uh, so they, they had that whole situation going on, and we were told it was, you know, hey, we don't know. This could be true. Interesting tidbit just pulled out of here. Here's, and it's in the footnote. Comey's briefing included the uh, Steele Report's unverified allegation that Russians had compromising tapes of the president involved in conduct when he was a private citizen in a 2013 trip to Moscow for the Miss Universe pageant. During the 2016 presidential campaign, a similar claim may have reached candidate Trump. October 30th, 2016, Michael Cohen received a text from a Russian businessman. Uh, I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce his name. Uh, there's just a lot of K's, T's, Z's, and S's. So however you do that. George. No, oh, okay, George. Uh, George says, hey, I stopped the uh, flow of tapes from Russia, but not sure if there's anything else, just so you know. So like, there's an indication, wow, there are tapes. And then the next page where the footnote is continued, uh, George says uh, he was told the tapes were fake but did not communicate that to Cohen. <laughs> so the whole time, this whole thing about Trump doing all these crazy things with prostitutes, the per- people who, who are behind this and, and, and helping bring this information uh, at some level actually didn't even believe that they were true, which is kind of interesting uh, because that was one of those things that was wow. an you know, open question. I never believed it. I mean, Trump doesn't even want to shake your hand. He's such yeah. a germaphobe. I can't imagine he'd be you know, cavorting with all these prostitutes. And, uh, really? Playing. That's the part I did believe. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a billionaire at a Miss Universe pageant in 2013. I just assumed anyway. <laughs> hey, I guess uh, there's things you learn every day. Is that getting thrown around in the media? Uh, I haven't heard that actually anywhere, but I thought it was interesting the fact that the Russians actually didn't even buy these tapes. That It was obviously, I mean, it shows you the effort that Christopher Steele put into this, right? Like, he's putting things like that into the report when even his sources uh, and, and people around them don't. But it also shows them. you how partisan or how opposition researchy this yeah, thing was yeah, yeah. because if it, you know that he must have known that right well, like he should have put that in there in the yes. still report although everyone knows these are fake right mm-hmm. i, I should keep going back to this by the way but let's let's remember the steel report the steel dossier as it was called was used to obtain a fisa warrant we don't know how much of it maybe 100 percent, maybe half of it but a fisa warrant was opened which is a big deal that is spying on an american citizen and if that is part of the dossier, something they knew or at least still knew to be openly false, I mean, 400 pages or not, that's a huge deal. That is somebody better end up in federal prison if you're going to lie about things and then use the federal government, the power of the Federal Bureau of Investigation against your political opponent. That is a big deal. It was heavily involved in getting the FISA warrant. I mean, it was like one of the main, it was, that was their crown jewel. And then the corroborating evidence, like the reports out of Yahoo News or whatever, were from Christopher Steele citing his own work. So isn't this whole Insane. thing, so I mean, to cap it, isn't this whole thing just a big fat somebody needs to go to jail and it ain't Donald Trump. I mean, that's how I read it. You can yeah, you can yeah. nitpick about yeah. the obstruction of judge. Maybe the, the force of the federal government was used under Barack Obama's DOJ, FBI, and apparently CIA to open up an investigation against a political opponent. It has never been done in the history of the United States of America. And if those FISA warrants were obtained just by the Steele dossier. We don't know that just yet because the FISA warrants are still classified. Yeah. But if they were, that is easily the biggest scandal in the, uni- in the history of the United States of America as far as politics goes. And someone needs to go to prison. Period. I, that makes yeah. Watergate look like jaywalking. We, we still, yeah. And we still need to know a lot. As you point out, I mean, like, there's been reporting that there are, like, I, I still don't fully understand this. Or at least, I mean, it could just be that they are the really bad at spying. Right? <laughs> it could just be that. Like, I, But it's like, you know, <laughs> Carter Page, I mean, to, even to the president's word, everyone knows this guy is a nobody, right? He's not connected to the campaign. He's, you know, again, using, using his, you know, hey, I'm with the campaign to get into vodka bars. This is who this guy is. So if you want to spy on the Trump campaign, why would you go after Carter Page after he's already been 
he's already left the campaign, even in the minor role that he had. He was already gone by the time they got the FISA warrant. So I just don't understand. Like Carter Page is the worst target in America. If Carter you're going Page to- cracks me up because he had already. So if you remember back, Carter Page had already he had been approached by some other like Russian assets. So he, that's yeah, he was in 2013, only right? 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then in those same uh, wiretaps, <laughs> the Russians were calling him. Yeah, don't deal with that guy. That guy's a moron. <laughs> Not in direct quotes, but that's basically what they said. So then the FBI admitted that they just said, "Okay, we're not following that guy." Yeah. Probably why laughing and having beers. So they yeah. said, "Let that guy do whatever I, I, he does." Like I think Legos. this whole thing is just it's just it's just Carter Page getting punked. Like they just people just <laughs> want to screw with Carter Page from the beginning. I think that'll be fun. And then, and then and then they're like, "So this is the guy they're surveilling." Mm-hmm. Then they're, they they mention in that in this report where they say. Although he was no had been removed from the campaign, he did travel to Moscow. I'm like, so why is he relevant at this point? Right, he's, he's not a part of the campaign. campaign. Right, he went to visit Moscow, and it says in the report that he was using, uh, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm still totally still a part of the Trump administration. Uh, <laughs> let me into that party. How about that?" He's like, "Woo!" <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, all right, so a couple more here. Uh, yeah, I want to ask time? you though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen these. Mm-hmm. Do any of the mm-hmm. other ones involve Cohen? Uh, let's find out together because I don't remember what I sent. Okay. Uh, possibly. If not, I want to get back to something. I don't something. remember either. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to get back to something you about course, him. Of course, do you remember uh, footnote 155, Jesse? Oh, obviously. obviously. That okay. was a big part. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> President-elect, <laughs> this is about Flynn, and it was interesting because they were big defenders of Flynn at that time, and you know, there's a lot of criticism of uh, what kind of person Flynn was and how, how, what a good, if he was doing a good job or not. The president seemed to have a pretty low opinion of Flynn while he was there. According to this, it says president-elect had concerns because President Obama had warned him about Flynn shortly after the election. Now, I remember that story, but I mean, thinking, what, what does President Trump care about what President Obama is advising him about it? However, uh, you know, Priebus uh, said that the uh, president had become unhappy. Uh, oh, excuse me. President Obama's comment sat with President-elect Trump more than Hicks expected. So Hope Hicks, who, is, who comes off really well throughout this, uh, uh, but uh, here she is talking. I mean, I thought that was an interesting part of it in that, you know, why would the you know, president, that's the last thing in the world I would think President Trump would care about is something that President Obama said. Um, the only uh, evidence we have, this is interesting, um, this, uh, the evidence does not establish the president took steps to prevent the emails or other information about the June 9th meeting from being provided to Congress or the special counsel. The series of discussion in which the president sought to limit access to the emails to prevent their public release occurred in the context of developing a press strategy. This is key and it's throughout this entire uh, document. The two things the president was worried about when he did these things like tweet about, you know, tweet about Cohen and go through all these, these things was, number one, a press strategy. And number two, he was afraid that people would try to uh, diminish his win. Right. Though that's he was not concerned about hiding his Russian crimes. He was concerned about public perception, the press and all these other things. It's Trump. He's yeah. a publicity hound. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's great at it. He's mindful of it. It's all mm-hmm. he cares about. Yep. And, and it's smart. Right. Like, you know, in many ways. Uh, let me just finish this one off here. It says the only uh, evidence uh, that we have of a president discussing the production of documents to Congress or special counsel is the conversation on June 29th. When Hicks recalled the president acknowledging that Kushner's attorney should provide emails related to the June 9th meeting to whomever he needed to give them to. So when it came to actually dealing with Congress, dealing with the investigation, he was like, whatever they have to do, I don't want, you know, I'm fine. He just took steps to essentially go and he occasionally took some fibs and lies to the press as a press strategy. You can quibble with that all you want, but that's politics in general. And it's got nothing to do with obstruction of justice. All these things that the media has been trying to pile on this obstruction of justice, uh, you know, sort of pile for this for the last few years. I mean, over and over again. Uh, Mueller chalks it all up to, look, he was in the press. He was trying to come up with a press strategy or he was worried about a family concern. He was worried about, uh, you know, his the, his victory and sort of the purity of his victory. He was very worried about this because of those reasons. And this goes back to the quote that everyone's tossing around, Jason. It's worth repeating that he was saying, I'm effed because of the special counsel. It was not because he committed a crime. It was because this is what takes presidents down. Once you get one of these people on there, they're going to find something on you. And in that context, they found very little, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I do want to bring up... Uh, <laughs> I do, do want to bring up... You, you mentioned BuzzFeed. Yes. Um, and, you know, not related to the, to the Steele dossier, but related to their just stellar award-winning reporting. Uh, if you recall, they talked about... Uh, they, they ran an article that there was a leak that Cohen had actually testified that uh, Trump directed him to lie in his testimony. Yeah. And there was this big whole, you know, um, uh, 
firestorm on that. Well, it turns out in this particular, and I'm sorry, Jesse, you may recall the, the page number. Do you recall the page number that's on? Uh, it was on. Don't like, make it easier on her. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I don't want to Do give your it own away homework, you. Sarah. I don't want to give it away for you. All right. The patriarchy <laughs> is alive and well here on Blaze TV. Uh, but in in this report, and I read, I, I saw the, uh, the, the snapshot of it. He, they, he specifically said, it specifically said in this report that, Cohen said that he did not direct him to lie to uh, in in his testimony. So mm-hmm. I just find it really interesting. You know, these are the people who are the the American public as a whole. They're they're getting their information from them, right? And they're just telling blatant lies at this point. It's a it's a tough process too. It's like you know, BuzzFeed can come up with this report, you know, months and months ago, and. One of the things that Mueller's supposed to do in here is not leak these things out. So the fact that he can exonerate him, I mean, there, are, there was relatively little leaking out of the actual Mueller report. We didn't really know it was going to be in there. Um, and, and that's what they're supposed to do. But it also just leaves these things hanging out there for months and months and months and months and months and not answered. And so they, they, they already beat him up over that thing months yeah, it ago. it did the damage. It did the damage. That's the only one they came out, if you remember. They came out actually after that one and said, eh, eh that doesn't sound right to us. We're in the middle of the report, and that's not really what we're saying. And BuzzFeed stuck by it. They did. And they and do kind of lose it. They stuck by one. it, and the reporters said, no, we're telling you that this it, is Isn't true. this the worst, I mean, of all the indictments of the press, from them burning down Ferguson, Missouri, to the Nicholas <laughs> Sandman thing, to, I mean, mm. look, the laundry list is long, the mm. Kavanaugh debacle. Yeah. Mm. This was two years. This wasn't a week week-long thing where they got whipped up in the outrage and got and went along with it. They rode this bad boy for two years. And now I'm seeing things today like from Chuck Todd saying, oh, Republicans now, they don't care about Russia meddling in the election. Well, wait, no. Everybody cares about Russia meddling in the election. It's that it became a cudgel to beat on Donald Trump with for Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. It, it morphed into that. And who was that guy? Philip, uh, Philip, what's his name? I don't know. I don't research for the show. Mm-hmm. Philip, somebody with the Washington Post saying that this proves that the media has been right for the last two years. What? What? <laughs> what? I mean, in what world are you living in? I don't understand why it's so difficult for professionals in this business to just yeah. step up and be like, hey, I was wrong. If I'll it, try to do better next time. Yeah. But you don't hear none of it. Not if, one. If those, are the, if those are the hot takes, you can tell they didn't read a single word of this. Because right. you, pro- you couldn't at, at, at that amount of time, especially come to those conclusions. That's absolutely insane. What you should be freaked out about, especially if you read volume one, Russian army intelligence attacked the United States. There is no question that should be the main story that we've been running with over the past couple of years. But it's not, and that's a shame. And, then, and this is this part you may have actually read, mm. Jesse, which is these big words right here on the, the top. I actually didn't read those. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is the title of the report. It says, Report on Investigation into Russian Interference in the 2016 Presidential Election. That's what this is about. This is not about Trump. It was not about George Papadopoulos. It was about whether Russia was doing this. And, you know, we can say, I think it turned into a media firestorm and was ridiculous the way it was handled. But the fact that we learned these things about what Russia was trying to do in the process and the way they did it and all the details that we found out is actually very valuable. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's, I don't think that's, I don't put that on Mueller per se. I put that on the press and I put that on Democrats in general. They, they, they morphed this out of what it was supposed to actually be about and just made it in a way to attack Trump. And that's a disservice to the country. Yeah. Uh, I want to get into uh, media reactions when we come back. Me last word, and then stew with jumped all over. Uh, before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So, um, we have this conversation frequently that probably the best way to find a realtor is not to go out and look for the guy who has his face plastered on a giant bench that people put their butts on. Something tells me. I don't know. I always find the best real estate agents under homeless people who are sleeping on benches. <laughs> it's always the best place to find Or above, because the homeless yeah. people might be underneath the entire that's bench true. You can kind of see like their nose shelter. kind of popping up yeah. above the shoulders. Yeah. yeah, that's not necessarily the best way. Also not the best way is like, hey, I walked into a Starbucks and there's a person there and I met them once. And What about if it was like my brother's sisters, grandmothers, uh, cousins, Mm -hmm. dog sitter. Okay, yes, that, well, that one's pretty good. But I mean, (laughs) and that's going to be on real estate agents I trust anyway. Uh, But that's exactly what this thing does. So you don't have to look for dog sitting uh, distant relatives to be a real estate agent. You can actually just find somebody 
who is qualified to do the job and gets the best price for your home uh, or uh, helps you negotiate the best price to buy a home. Uh, that's why Glenn kind of created Real Estate Agents I Trust. So you had a place to go, mm-hmm. a place where you can find, uh, you know, if you're going to a new area, especially if you're moving around. I know uh, certainly military guys move around a lot. Radio people move around a lot. When you're moving to a new area, you don't know anybody there. You have no contacts, no way of vetting anybody. Well, realestateagentsitrust.com does all that work for you. Uh, check it out. And, uh, and these are people who are fans of the show, by the way. They're people who listen to you know, Glenn and uh, subscribe to The Blaze. They're, they're not people who are going to come in and give you like an Ocasio-Cortez monologue on your way to their first house. Uh, that's, that's always good. Yeah, that would, I would just be like, I'm quitting my job that made me relocate here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just moving back. I give up. Uh, but you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find a realtor in your area now. Uh, I want to kind of rewind a little bit to uh, the beginning of the day when... Barr had his uh, press conference, and he went out, and it it was a little bit interesting, I will say, that he gave the press conference before the report was released, because, you know, I guess you're kind of, as a reporter, limited in the questions that you can ask before reading the full report. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say, like, that's that's pretty accurate, right? Jesse would have come up with good questions before he read the report. Like, you have to read the report to talk about it. But but either way, so he gave the press conference. Again, nothing surprising. Uh, You know, he was... I felt that he did a very good job of uh, explaining what was in the report, what to expect. And um, there was an interesting moment after the press conference with a, a reporter. Watch. A Republican appointed judge on Tuesday said you have, quote, created an environment that has caused a significant part of the American public to be concerned about these redactions. You cleared the president on obstruction. The president is fundraising off of your comments about spying. And here you have remarks that are quite generous to the president, including acknowledging his feelings and his emotions. So what do you say to people on both sides of the aisle who are concerned that you are trying to protect the president? Well, actually, the, the statements about his, his, his uh, sincere beliefs are recognized in the report that there was substantial evidence for that. So I'm not sure what your basis is for saying that I'm being generous to the president. You face an unprecedented situation. It just seems like there's a it lot is, of effort to say to, to go out of your way to acknowledge how this. Well, is there is there another precedent for it? No, but it's okay. So <laughs> unprecedented is an accurate description, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. What do you- I mean, uh, oh, that reminds me of an old school Rumsfeld press Yikes. conference right there. Hey, you remember those? Those are awesome. I uh, thought that was, I mean, it was a great moment for him. But, you know, these are the people who are taking this gigantic thing mm-hmm. and reading it and trying to explain to the American public what's in it. And that's the best, that's the best question she could come up with. Well, why are we re- really replying or relying on reporters for our information now? I mean, what is that Mark Twain quote? If you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. If you watch the news, you're misinformed. I mean, is that lady, I don't even know who she is, or anyone else sitting in there with their notepads and their cameras out, really going to educate anybody else on what's actually in the Mueller report? They all know as much as I do, which is zero. <laughs> It's <laughs> a great point. I mean, I'm not sure that that's the best sell for yourself, but... I... Uh, look, this sells itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to also go to uh, our, favorite, our favorite CNN. They had a panel, and as you guys could imagine, they uh, had all <laughs> sorts of crazy things to say. Here's a little bit of it with uh, Jeffrey Tubin first. The most extraordinary paragraph of the, the Attorney General's statement is, you know, the, the sort of woe is me yes. problem that, that, right. that the president, you know, there were leaks and there were people uh, around, around him. He was frustrated. Um, and that's evidence of guilt. <laughs> it's not evidence of innocence. You know, happy right. people don't obstruct justice. <laughs> this is the, then this is the, the sense. The, the president the was frustrated and angered mm-hmm. by a sincere belief that the investigation was undermining his presidency, propelled by his political opponents and fueled by illegal leads. Nonetheless, the White House fully cooperated. That can, Which be they, to, that can be a reason to obstruct, frankly. The idea if you are frustrated, if you're overwhelmed, if you're sensitive, you think you're, there's a cloud over your presidency, that can also lead to you making decisions that perhaps a more sane, resolved person would not make. It doesn't simply inoculate you because you have feelings about the issue. That, that's the part that I think is most interesting. And by the way, of course it's not going to be beneficial. They were already given the report in advance, and there is a rebuttal. You don't Happy people don't issue a rebuttal report to tell you well, how happy they are. We know it's coming. What? Can you believe it? (laughs) No. Can you believe it? So now your your feelings, and not even your feelings that you're vocalizing, but just like how people perceive your feelings to be, 
that's evidence of guilt. Can you believe how many people they had on the panel? Yeah, it's like 90 people on the panel to talk about the president. Yeah, and, and they all had the same viewpoint. Yeah. Like, why well, have that many people if, if they don't have a different viewpoint? If you're, look, if you're mad about being investigated, Jason, then you're actually guilty. Then you're guilty. I mean, that's yeah. the new standard. Well, I mean, seriously, imagine, be, like, knowing that you did not collude with Russia and hearing those people every single day for 24 hours a day say that you colluded with Russia and you should be impeached and you're a terrible person for two whole years and not being the least bit angry or frustrated. Yeah, I mean, look, you could tell what Bart was doing there, which was to say, look, the context around the actions that you're all going to complain about later today is the fact that he was really pissed off and he didn't do anything wrong. So you, you have to give him a little break on some of these things. And I think as human beings, you certainly can do that. No, but it was, no one on that yeah, panel was a human not, being. Yeah. So, 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 but Maybe not, Jake Tapper. But not a good... I didn't like that Barr went there, though. I, I didn't, it, was, it, it did seem like he was setting up a, a, as an, kind of as an excuse, right? He, he, it seemed like a litany of excuses in that, in that press conference. And I, I said this, this, uh, this morning on radio with used to, is that like, the first half of it, I liked like, because I, I personally wanted to hear the explanation. I went like, "What's the process? Yeah. Put all this other stuff to rest. Just straight up from DOJ guidelines. What's the process? That way you can just put all the other questions out." But then, so he, I think he did that for half of it. But then after that, it sounded like he was trying to throw out a bunch of excuses, and I felt like I was watching James Comey give excuses for Hillary Clinton when he was all talking about her intent and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was pissed off, as were probably most of the people listening right now are watching this, we were like, no, what are you talking about? Like, this is it? And I felt like if, 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 uh, if I'm your MSNBC viewer or whatever, or if I'm on the left or whatever, that was my moment right there. Like, yeah. he just handed them that moment. Yeah. All right, back in a minute. All right, Jesse, uh, before we go, I want to make sure the audience who clearly has probably fallen in love with you already because of your amazing analysis on the Mueller report, where can they find you? Well, they're only human, but they can find me. Uh, I'm the host of The Jesse Kelly Show, a name I came up with myself, on 950 KPRC in Houston. If you're nationwide, which all your viewers are, I'm right there on iHeart. Tune in every night, 6 to 8 Eastern. I'm amazing. Can I also can I also just add, you are amazing on Twitter. You were like the the greatest Twitter troll ever. I would put you at the comfortably smug level, I think. Yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm, I'm probably just as good, if not better, there, which is hard to believe. But it's at Jesse Kelly DC. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jesse. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.